Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop, and we are missionaries at Acts 29. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, leaders of schools, and leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve its mission. In this episode today, we are discussing one of the most common and burdensome issues leaders face, and that is being overwhelmed. So many of us, myself included, Rick, I know you included, we just talked about it, feel a sense of being overwhelmed from time to time. And um, so today we're just going to unpack that and talk about what can life look like? What's God calling life to look like for all of us as leaders in the church? So with that, we're going to open in prayer. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of uh, this this topic you've invited us to. Uh, what it looks like to live a healthy, integrated life as disciples. Disciples called to lead in your church, and our families, and whatever wherever we are. Jesus, it's our ardent desire to just experience your easy burden and your light yoke. So, Lord Jesus, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit to fill Rick and I to animate this conversation, to inspire hearts and minds, to really open up to your grace, Lord, because you offer us the grace we need, even now, to live a truly healthy life that leaves us filled with joy and peace and calm. So, Holy Spirit, as we open up this topic of being overwhelmed, we specifically ask you to Help everyone listening to this to just step back and ask themselves to live according to your unique call for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the prayer, Nick. It's always a pleasure to hear you pray for us and for anybody listening out there. So we assume we're not the only ones that battle this, and the people we work with aren't the only ones that battle this feeling of being overwhelmed. And so we thought the way we'd approach it is describe a process we just went through with a leadership team, a team that truly is on mission, strong team. They're, they're the type of people that you'd want on your team. They're disciples, they're smart, they're hardworking, they're leaders, they're committed. Um, they, they really are somewhat of a dream team. And yet at the same time, some of them are feeling always overwhelmed or almost always. Some of them are feeling overwhelmed too frequently or most of the time, others kind of, it comes and goes. But we've been battling this condition, if you will, for a long time. And as we went in for a recent meeting, it was clear that that had to become a priority to talk about. And so it became uh, the top priority in our recent meeting. So we thought we'd, we'd talk about that process. One of the great things about this team too is it's um. While it's a great team, it's also typical, right? So, so many of us uh, feel this true sense of, you know, I love the work I'm doing. I feel like God's invited me to do this unique thing and I have great teammates. So why in the world do I continue to feel like I'm being, you know, maybe it's crushed, you might use that word, or just like, why am I stressed out all the time? Or, you know, like, I feel like I'm trying to do too many things at once and and and, and which one of these should I do or, or not do? And so this is a very... You know, typical condition, if you will, of leadership anywhere. 
especially in the church, but any organization, it's so common to run into people who are just spinning their wheels and trying to feel like, gosh, I'm just trying to keep it all together, you know, and, and, and it just doesn't work because it's uh, the, the attitude in America so often that we're trained in, at least I know I was, is just work harder, work harder, and you'll, you'll stop being overwhelmed. And that just doesn't, that doesn't solve the problem. It's not about working harder. It's about, as they would say, working smarter, but we're actually going to define that this time. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a low performing team or an issue team. It's just, it's as good as, it's as good as they get from our perspective. So, so we're trying to describe this process a little, maybe a little bit tough on a podcast, but we, we first went to the whiteboard and if we said that way over to this right extreme, we call whatever we call this thing overwhelmed and we'll define it in a second. We said, let's say that's way over here. And but if, if on a continuum, we work our way back toward the left and we get to the middle, which we might call the sweet spot, what are some of the words that we would use to describe what does that look like? In words like flourishing, thriving, healthy, integrated life came to mind. And so for the purposes of our discussion, we'll, we'll use the, the term integrated life as that healthy, flourishing, thriving zone. And, and then we said, okay, let's go way left. What's on the far opposite end of this overwhelmed feeling, which was kind of hard to do. We said there's some subjective characteristics and some objective characteristics. Mm -hmm. So we could call it sloth, complacency, laziness. You might see it objectively as a bunch of extra time or a lot of idle time. And of course, it's really hard to figure out who would ever be over there, but we assume that could happen, but it's not the issue with this group. And, and as we mentioned, some of these folks just felt they're in that overwhelmed mode almost always, and it's, and it's crushing them. It really is. It's not good for them physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And in that middle zone, we had some that are pretty darn good at it. They're there more times than not, which is great. And, and then you got everybody in between. And Rick, with that, you know, we even talked about this concept, you know, where you said flourishing, thriving, healthy, integrated life of a balanced life. Like, I think there's an American ideal that I fall prey to of like, oh, a balanced life. It's like, no, it's not about balance. If you're talking about, you know, time on one side and time on the other and, you know, where your time goes, it's, it's actually about integration because the integration piece means everything works together. Everything um, fits together. And it's, you know, you're not concerned with balancing the scale. You're concerned with doing God's will. And that's the integration piece. Right, exactly. Because it's not saying that there's necessarily a, I've got to do things with my family or do things with my work and then balance the time between the two. We're talking about an integrated life. And again, we'll get into more detail as we move on. So what we did next mm -hmm. is all right, let's define what we mean by overwhelmed. So every team, if you go through this as your own leadership team, you'll come up with your own definition. Some of this is somewhat standard. You'll say the same things as this group did. And so things like, we said, all right, how does this impact? When you're overwhelmed, how do you know it? Well, some of the things they said, there are more tasks than time to do. There's no margin. In other words, there's no time for deep work. There's no time for something new. There's no time to actually prepare for an event and then do well in that event. There's, you know, there's not that, you're lacking that prep time, that extra polish time. There's a recognition that when you're overwhelmed, you're ne neglecting the duties of your vocation, that tasks or projects become basically placed above relationships. You sense anxiety, fear, insecurity. There's stress, fatigue, burnout. 
the work quality suffers as a result. Your physical health suffers as a result. Your prayer time suffers as a result. And so those are all very much impacting an individual for sure. And then we said, well, how's your impact on others? And Nick, share some of the thoughts that came up when we said, hey, this isn't just impacting you. It's impacting others. How does that manifest itself in how you're dealing with others? And fundamentally, it's it's lacking charity, right? That's, that's the first one there. And we get short, short-fused, short-tempered, short-toned, uh, get grumpy, grouchy. I remember a couple of us were talking about, you know, when I'm overwhelmed, I uh, my, the kids are going to be some of the first ones to experience grumpy dad, angry dad, and that's really not good, right? Um, push others away, kind of isolate ourselves, you know, hi- hiding from people so that, you can hunker down and, and, and try and get things done. Overreacting uh, emotionally, overreacting to situations and circumstances. Uh, sometimes a blindness to even accomplishments, right? So you don't have gratitude uh, for the things that are taking place that are going well. You can start to see with this narrative lens. Uh, get aggressive in our behavior at times. Um, it might be toward a person. It might be toward a, a thing or a project. Uh, but it's sort of, sort of aggressiveness can come out of us. We are not fully present to other people. So listening, uh, listening drops significantly. I'm only half listening at this point because I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed and I'm stressed and I'm not, I'm not able to take in what you're actually saying to me. So I'm not, I'm not loving you, right? We can become a frantic leader and just jumping from thing to thing to thing. And, and, and then that lack of calmness, that fr- the franticness in us can jump on other people. People walk around saying, I, I, must, I must need to be frantic too because my leader is, right? Uh, we lose patience uh, with ourselves and others. And then this last one, if we can't delegate properly, like we don't know how, or we don't think we have the time, or we need to train someone up so that we can delegate, we just keep taking things on ourselves, And so the lack of delegation builds up a bigger bottleneck upon us. And so we end up more overwhelmed um, by not giving duties and tasks that other people can do to them. So it's, it's a whole combination of things. And it's really the overwhelm starts in us and then just starts spewing out on other people all over the place. I should just say, Rick, right here, this, this is like I'm first in line of guilt on this. I, 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 my, when Emily hears this episode at some point, she's going to go, yep, that's you, honey. I, when yep, I hit overwhelmed, right? I, it's, it's not all the time, but when I do hit it and I'm in yep. a season right now, where I feel a little bit overwhelmed. No, this was this exercise. Kills me. We, were, we were every bit a part of it. You know, this, we're living this as well. So as we step back and you may be listening saying, yeah, of course, that's what overwhelm means. Or you might say, wow, it's good to hear that I'm not alone in feeling that way. But then to have it written down. So we we got it on flip charts. It's on the wall and you sit there as a team and as an individual and you look at it and you see things like anxiety, fear, insecurity, stress, fatigue, burnout, short tempered, lack, charity, grouchy, aggressive, frantic, impatient and say, oh, okay. Is that the Lord's will? Let's step back. Is that what the, <laughs> is that what God wants of us as we are missionaries and we're trying to become a missional family and trying to fulfill his mission? What about the fruits of the Holy Spirit that go something like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity with both our time and our money, gentleness, self-control? 
And it's, it's one of these aha moments where, yeah, it's the obvious, but sometimes it's the obvious that just makes us step back and feel convicted and be convicted. Mm. It says, well, how are we letting that happen? This isn't of the, of the Lord. And so we, then we dug another step deeper. You get into the five whys. You get down deeper and say, all right, what drives that? If that's not where we want to be, if that's not where we think the Lord wants us to be and how we treat others and how we're dealing with self, what are the drivers? Some of the things that came out, right? We'll just name a couple. There's a lack of delegation. Well, why is there a lack of delegation? Well, maybe we don't trust. Maybe we just have too much pride in our own work that we don't trust that somebody else will do it like we do it. Or we maybe we don't have capable people to delegate to, or we don't have the time to even delegate because we don't have that margin to teach somebody the right way. You know, there's an element, a noble element of this that says, well, the buck stops here. I'm responsible, so I can't let anything go. No, that's noble by itself. But when it manifests itself in these other behaviors, when it's clearly not where we want to be, then we have a challenge. Maybe there's lack of organization, both my own personal organization or job descriptions. Maybe jobs are made basically impossible or those jobs lack focus. Or maybe we're just signing up to too much and there's a reason why we might be doing that. Maybe there's a lack of teamwork. And at times we wear being overwhelmed like a badge. We are just, oh, we're so busy and we like to tell people. And so the busier we are, the more important we might come off. That, that one really resonates, Rick. How often do we, you ask a friend, a spouse, uh, a, a, a colleague, so like a father after mass, you know, someone at the parish, any, anyone, one of the most common phrases, hey, how you doing? Oh, good, good, just so busy, so busy. It's yeah. like, yeah. Joe, I've heard you say that for the last two years, bro, how you doing? You know, it's like I, everyone's busy and so busy, and that's not a, um, that is not a badge of honor. In fact, you know, we'll be careful with this one, but busy Someone told us, uh, a dear brother of ours told us recently, busy stands for burdened under Satan's yoke. And now th to be clear, that is the unhealthy busy, right? Like I'm overwhelmed busy. It could be, hey, I'm busy doing great things that God's called me to do. But it, it's just worth saying that we have got to break this sort of busy response culture. <laughs> so continuing with that process of, of diving into the drivers of why we allow ourselves to get to this state that we might not want to be in for any extended period of time, or I should say more clearly, don't want to be in, don't believe it's the will of God. Um, so there's other reasons for it. We won't get into all the things that came up, but this discussion around it, ultimately the bottom line was that we're not bringing this overwhelmed state to the Lord in prayer. And so what we did next is, did in fact that. We, we took it to prayer. We asked two questions initially. These are the questions. And so if you're going to do something like this, the first question was, Holy Spirit, the first question to the Holy Spirit was, why am I not able to live more in the integrated life zone? And the second question that we had asked and asked the team to take to prayer was, Holy Spirit, what can this team do? to help me live more in that integrated life zone. And so they took it away, took, you know, these questions for about a half hour, prayed on it, came back and shared. And Nick, what are some of the things that they shared? So some of the things coming out of this prayer debrief, 
or around, um, you know, feeling some desolation, uh, you know, a sense of their uh, working from their self and not from a place of, of faith. Uh, some were talking about uh, just a real sense of pride in the work and feeling like, hey, I'm, I'm defined by what I do and what value I bring to the table. Knowing that's not true, but falling into that trap of it's not who I am. Um, it's not who I am that brings value to the table. It's what I do. So seeing the work is tied to our identity. Other ones talked about perfectionism or feeling like this real need to get a ton of stuff done in a short amount of time for some arbitrary human goal instead of like a divine call. Uh, and then a lack of trust in the Lord or, or having a disconnect. Others were sharing about a disconnect between the work they do and uh, bringing souls to Jesus Christ and, and seeing that, and that disconnect pulling them away from gratitude. Gratitude being this uh, place where we stay um, connected with God, connected with the mission or the person in front of me and seeing God in that moment instead of seeing it just as a list of tasks to be done. But then the real closer on this whole section, um, a member of the team said, you know, they felt like they heard in prayer, I've given you the guidance. So the Lord saying to them, I've given you the guidance and tools. Just do it. All right, so this person had put a lot of thought into this already. A lot of prayer went behind this. But it's just that, it's that at some point, it's that decision to cooperate with what God's already given you and say, I don't have to live this way. So that's some of the things that came out in prayer. And on the second question, when asking the Holy Spirit, what can this team do to help me live more in that integrated life zone? Some of the some of the words that came back through the, the team and through each other from the Lord, we believe, they believe, was that a message of focusing on self first in that they are a model. They're a leadership team. They're a model for others. And, and remember that they're modeling this for others. And beware of mixed messages. So mixed messages to your family. So if, it, if you're putting in ungodly hours and you're 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 not there for your family how are they viewing you on mission you know this whole message of defining enough who decides what is enough or what is okay and what we do or don't tolerate who is defining that is it truly spirit-led versus self-reliant uh the message again another one was the a support you know being a support for each other being a support emotionally giving pastoral care to each other and some very direct messages on protecting Sundays, protecting days off, protecting solemnities. And, and finally, to mention this uh, collectively discerning if all the work that's happening is truly based on a biblical worldview in this apostolic mode and truly for that leadership team to address. So those are some of the things that came out. And then you think about it, it was... Um, it's in, in taking any of these challenges to the Lord and listening, it continues. And then as people are sharing what they believe they heard, they're continuing to listen to each other. And the Holy Spirit's there among us in listening and growing and feeling convicted where we should feel convicted, but also weighing in on it. So it went through the evening, you know, the team had dinner together and came back the next morning. And this is the, kind of the crescendo of this exercise was at mass. So we did a mass in the morning. At the end of Mass, we literally took this question on a post-it and put it at the altar. And the prayer was this, Lord, only with your grace can we accomplish the mission that you have set before us. Help us to see with your eyes and know what a flourishing, thriving, healthy, and integrated life on mission looks like for this leadership team 
and for me personally. And in big red, we wrote underneath that, God, vocation, mission. The three primary aspects that we wanted each team member to pray into. I'll say it again. Lord, only with your grace can we accomplish the mission that you have set before us. Help us to see with your eyes and know what a flourishing, thriving, healthy, and integrated life on mission looks like for this leadership team and for me personally. God, vocation, mission. And we thought this debrief really pulled it all together. And let me kick it off first, Nick. I thought one of the areas that was so important that we spent time on is ensuring there is this connection of doing God's will. The God's will that brings joy to me, that I might be adding to my plate. So these exercises that we've probably all been around that said, we're going to have a meeting to talk about the meetings we're not going to have, or we're going to have a project that's going to list all the stop doing tasks, because that's going to make it easier. This doing the Lord's will and doing the things that bring joy to me, deep joy, the joy in knowing that it is the Lord's will, and structuring jobs so that I'm able to do what brings me that joy that'll get me through rough patches, that'll get me through rough time. And I'll use an example. One is we've got a couple of pastors we work with that if they weren't a pastor, so they've got multiple jobs. They might be a vicar for clergy, vicar general. They might be a, a representative on some national board. So they've got all kinds of work. And yet being a pastor brings them joy. As much work as being a pastor in a parish can be. Or, and I'll say even a parent. A parent, as much work as there is with kids, and you know it better than anybody, and Emily, your wife, knows it even better than you probably, Nick, but you together know the work <laughs> of being a parent. But the work in being a parent is nothing compared to the joy of having those children and the joy that they bring you that enables you to every now and then we have to go travel and we're away from them and get you through some tough times because you know that's part of your mission. Got your vocation that brings you that extra joy that enables you to fulfill that mission. So that was some of the things that came out. And so as you're listening to this, we, we hope this really makes sense for you. You know, there's this there's this process by which we talked about overwhelmed on one end of the spectrum, laziness, if you will, on the other, this integrated life in the middle. And the, and the, so the goal here is to help all of us see what does overwhelm look like and feel like? What's the impact on me and others? so that I can make the effort to prayerfully discern how God's inviting me to move to this integrated place of life. Because none of us can say we're doing the Lord's will as we're supposed to if we're not experiencing the fruits of the Spirit. So if I'm stressed out, I'm anxious, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, um, I'm, I'm bitter, I'm shutting down and hiding or whatever it might be. Things are going sideways on me. I'm treating people less than charitable. If, if that's rooted in a sort of busyness, an overworked, an overwhelmed state, then we can honestly say to you right now as a leader, we love you. And just like us, God's inviting us. And I say us, I mean Rick and I. So just like Rick and I are wrestling with this right now, real time, God's inviting all of us as leaders to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to make space to pray with you and ask you why it is that I'm not living an integrated life and how you're calling me to live differently so that I can do it. And if I, and if I have the gift of being a part of a team where I can do this with my team, then that's even better to take the next question in there that says, 
all right, Holy Spirit, what about my team? How can my team help me? How can I help my teammates? So this, this whole exercise is designed to be an opportunity to be a reflection for you so that God can speak into your life uniquely. You know, so, so, you know, as an example for this, Rick and I were talking in preparation for this. I know, Rick, you have a story about this yourself, but for mine, it's Emily and I. So my wife, Emily, is a stay-at-home mom. We have just added our fourth kid, right? Uh, Samuel. So we have four little kids. Um, and as of right now, she, she homeschools. And so, and I, and I travel for mission in Acts 29. I just, so this is about Emily right now. Um, she, she carries a ton. And so we talk and discern every kind of season, if you will, of the year of our life, what's God calling us to. And we know that there's limited time, limited resources, and family is a huge priority for us. So as we talk through these things and pray through these things, one of the, one of the areas that could look on paper, like, why would you be doing that? is Emily doing ministry. Emily leads um, uh, a women's Bible study at our parish for a large number of women. And in her, she's a great team with her to be sure, but in her leading that, that is a place where this integration really gets challenged. So if it was just about time, quote unquote, balancing life, she might not do ministry once a week for many weeks of the year. But because it's about integration and God's call and God's will, what's God's will for me personally, Emily and I discern together, and of course it's it's hers first, is this deep sense of she's called to do women's ministry because that's a part of an integrated life for her and actually for our family. Because Emily does ministry, even though we're busy, 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 because she does ministry, it's a place for her as life-giving. God uses her in ministry. She gets ministered to. That flows into our marriage. Our marriage is better because Emily gets to do ministry. And then our children— our marriage flows into our children, and our children get more ministered to. They get more love and care by us, by Emily doing that. So, yes, there, there is a time sacrifice, a cost sacrifice to her doing that activity, but it's a great example of this is a place where there's life-giving joy that feeds other areas of life. And so it's worth it to sacrifice that because of the impact it has on all of us. So I just want to paint that as like, here's, a, here's an image of, you might be looking like it's more work, but it's not. It's the it's more of the right kind of thing. It's more of God's will, and that plays beautifully into our lives. No, I love that, Nick. That's a great great example. And and you and I have also talked about how, if any place should be able to be more role model, mm-hmm. recognizing we're still flawed humans, it should be leadership in the church, because we've got that same ultimate goal: evangelizing showing others that this is not only possible, it's the expectation. It's the will of God. Now, that's not saying at times we're not going to feel overwhelmed, but if it causes us then, to your point, not display the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and we're displaying those other things, that that's not working. The changes have to be made. And so we hope we inspire you to change right now. Are there some costs? Yeah, there's some cost to making these changes. And we actually talked about this with this team and we'll continue to do that as well. Some of the costs could be that you feel like you're letting some people down, especially those you've got to say no mm. to because it truly is a, a priority. It, if, if it's one of, if it's the straw that pushes, you know, that breaks the camel's back, if you will, you know, that's going to make us grumpy and short and unavailable and not focused and not loving and not charitable. Well, then you've got to let people down for the greater good some down, but you do it in a charitable way. You know, some feelings might be hurt. We might have a a reputational hit. And this is all ego driven, our own self-worth by what we do. 
might cost some money to bring in more people, but beware of thinking that it's always adding more people because that's not always the case. At times, that's the case. Yeah, there will be less tasks getting done. But if less tasks get done in order to bring more charity, is that not the mission of the church? You know, is, is it not doing the will of God more important than everything on that task list? You know, there's a there, there's a cost that at times we're going to stop doing some of the things we like to do. And yeah, there could be a cost there. And that's where we become servant leaders. We're, well, people will say that's redundant, and I agree. If you're a leader, you're serving others. And if you're a leader in the church, you're serving, you're serving on behalf of the Lord. And, and there's effort and time to truly look interiorly and to, to prioritize, to self-reflect. That does take effort and time, and we hope we can mo motivate you. And it won't be just us. We're going to talk about some scripture and some other great thinkers that hopefully will inspire us to do it. Are there enablers for this? Absolutely. And it starts with the leader. Your leader, and if you're in that leadership role, you've got to lead it. You've got to not only support it, you have to desire it. You have to desire that every member in your team is living an integrated life. And you have to desire that it's an integrated life for you as well. You've got to have norms. You've got to have norms for significant decisions. If you're going to say yes to something big and say no to something big, you've got to know how you're making those decisions. So the, and communicating like crazy, because as you make changes, there's a cost. But if you communicate the reasons why, people will recognize there's hardly anybody out there that doesn't understand what what this impact is if if it stays in a sustained way. Nick, you've you had some great thoughts and you continue to share. Can you talk to our listeners about the importance of vocation and how our vocations are different, therefore, than our our individual plans within that overall team plan is critical around vocation and mission and relationship with God and others. And this kind of came out of our conversation, right, in the real-time exercise. This, So we're talking to leaders in any situation, but in a particular way, and this is supposed to be true for lay leaders on their own lay-led team, but in a particular way, when you look at church leadership with clergy and laity working together, it's really important um, to keep in mind that for the lay people around the table in the room, your capacity by just strictly – strictly put, like hours in the day that you're available to do ministry is just never going to be what Father's is. It's never going to be what the priest is. The clergy are, the, the priests and bishops are going to have more time to put in because their vocational state uniquely allows for it. And that's beautiful. And we should honor that. So as lady, though, if we look and say, well, Father's putting in 70 hours a week, you know, he's got six days of the week. He's grinding and working hard and doing the Lord's will and work. And he's got one day off. That's not a reflection of your life circumstance. Your vocational call is different. So it's got to look different for you. It has to. Um, the same thing with um, marriage and family life. You know, you can't, you can't be, uh, the priests need to be saying to their lady, hey, you can't work like me. You know, you have to, you have to go home and be with your family now. Like, you can't be out four or five nights a week. You know, I need, I need you to go home and be with your family. That's, that's, that's a part of, that's, that's the first part of your mission is your vocation. So to, so, to, so to have an integration on your team that understands the priest and the laity, are, it's going to look different. And that's good and healthy and okay. And we should all embrace it and encourage one another in it. That's, that's, that's important to, uh, to note as we think about how we set the course of um, expectation. You know, are we really going to try and live an integrated life? 
Well, then we all have to give ourselves permission, given our state in life, right, for what that's going to look like. Another thing that came out um, in some conversations with a friend was they had gone from secular work to work in the church. And in their secular environment, they were working truly ungodly hours, right? There's no way you can be healthy and work as much as, as uh, this person was being required to work to be successful. So coming into the, the ministry setting, because the bar went from like an extreme in the overwhelmed side, imagine they came halfway to the integrated life. That would feel like relief in some sense, right? So let's just play pretend you're working, you know, 80 hours a week and now you're working 60. Wow, that's such that's such an improvement. Well, it is an improvement, but let's not, that, that's, that still might not be an integrated life. And so it's not comparing what used to be versus where I am today. It's about saying, Lord, I want to live integrated. I want to be I want to be healthy leader on mission. I want to be a healthy leader of my family. I want to be a healthy leader everywhere I am. I want everyone to get the charitable best version of me. And so show me this image of what it looks like to be integrated and not compare it to, to father or not compare it to Joe or Susie or not compare it to the life I used to live. Let's, let's ask the Lord, what does it look like today now, given what's on my plate and what I'm being called to do? That's fantastic, Nick. Thanks for that. Hey, let's now, uh, as we round the final turn here on this episode, let's let's reflect on some scripture that, and some thoughts from a great thinker. Um, so the the scripture passage is is Matthew eleven, and you mentioned it earlier in the in the in the in the podcast. Jesus said to the crowds, "Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest." Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. And Bishop Robert Barron had reflections on this passage that I thought was really appropriate for today. And he said, friends, in today's gospel, Jesus offers to free us from the burden of our pride. What is it that makes our lives heavy and weighed down? precisely the burden of our own egos, the weight of one's own self. When I am puffing myself up with my own self-importance, I'm laboring under all the weight. Jesus is saying, become a child. Take that weight off your shoulders and put on the weight of my yoke, the yoke of my obedience to the Father. Anthony DeMello proposed the following parable to describe us prideful souls. A group of people sit on a bus that is passing through the most glorious countryside, but they have the shades pulled down on all the windows and are bickering about who gets front seat on the bus. This is the burden of pride, preferring the narrow and stuffy confines of the bus to the beauty that is effortlessly available all around. This, of course, is why Jesus can say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What the Lord proposes is not a freedom from suffering, but what is much more important, a freedom from the self. Rick, thanks for reading that, brother, and bringing that scripture passage to light. I, I, uh, the easy yoke and the light burden, I mean, every time I hear that, it just sounds so good. And it reminds me that I'm not yet living with the Lord's easy yoke and light burden. And uh, I have so much more to learn from him. That really stuck out to me when you read it, actually. Learn from me, he said. So there's a learning here that's really critical uh, that we are talking about right now, like learning how to live an integrated life. 
uh, as leaders. And then the other thing that's um, freedom from self. And isn't that what we desire, to be free from ourselves? And we are free from ourselves, then we truly can be charitable uh, to everybody in front of us. And um, we'll carry, even if we're putting in long hours. And what I mean by that is in whatever, you know, don't get, don't get boxed in thinking. Long hours. I'm working 70 hours for my job. No, you might, you might be working 40 hours for your job, but you might be working long hours at home. Whatever your long hours are, the days are long, right? Whatever your, whatever your work is that you've been called to do, we should be able to do every part of it with joy, with love, with peace, and with, um, with trust and confidence in God. And so if we have that, that means we are starting to be in that really integrated place. Nick, if I can share my personal journey as you know, I was in the corporate world for almost 30 years, and, and I'm thankful for it. It really helped develop me as a professional. It gave me a lot of blessings. And, you know, I, I was really in this state of overwhelmed on many occasions. And I, on a, I thought I was handling it quite well overall. And yet, as I am able to reflect now, you could argue I'm as busy now as I was before I retired from that primary role. Mm-hmm in living more of an integrated life now. Um, it's definitely not perfect, but there is such a joy in my life. I am traveling way more than I was. I'm, um, I'm, I've got so many things, as you know, uh, kind of self-inflicted pain of remodeling homes and, you know, doing other things. Um, <laughs> but, but knowing that I'm more aligned with what I believe to be my mission in life um, and not jeopardizing my vocation. There are times when, yes, we, you have to make a call where you're going to be away from family and away from, I've got aging parents. You've got little kids. We still have reasons why we Mm -hmm. need to be in certain places. And when we're on the road and on mission, there is a cost to that. And we know that. And yet just to see what is possible and it's not about being busy. I could tell you how busy I am. That's not what comes out of my mouth anymore. It's I'm joyful. I'm happy. I'm, I'm motivated. And I'm, I'm so thankful. So let me share one other. Uh, th- this, this is from a, a, a soon-to-be-published book titled TBD. But the theme is called A Winning Stance. I'm going to read one paragraph here. And it might be of value to our listeners. It says, when we face the challenges of living in an increasingly non-Christian culture, we will remember that we have been born into precisely this age by the thoughtful providence of God and that he has special plans to work in and through us. We will remember that there is always grace enough to deal with whatever comes our way. And we will resist all doomsaying and desperate attitudes. We will neither be lost in nostalgia for a distant time in the past, nor will we fall into the trap of thinking that Christianity is now outmoded and needed a fundamental change of belief or morality. Instead, we will seek wisdom to understand how Christ is responding to our times as the ever ancient and ever new gospel continues to reach out to save the lost. We will do our best to recapture the faith-filled sight of the early Christians who, though a tiny and entirely insignificant minority, refused to be overwhelmed by the power and immensity of the pagan world around them because they knew that they were at the center of God's saving plan and that much depended on their faithfulness. 
Much depends on all of our faithfulness. I love that. That's faithfulness to this easy yoke and light burden for you personally, right? Amen. So let's um, let's close with our mission challenge today. I, I, hopefully it's been self-evident throughout this episode. Uh, this is a re- intended to be more of a reflection. Uh, so this is what we need to encourage you to do today, this week, when you have time. Make time for it. Reflect on where your state where are you at on the continuum? Are you overwhelmed? Are you are you lazy and idle? Probably not, but are you? Maybe you are. Let's get let's get to this integrated place. Let's, let's take. So we want you to take the prayer, this truth that's in front of you that it's not God's will for us to be overwhelmed and living um, in the opposite of the fruits of the spirit. His will is to be integrated. And so if that's His will and it is then let's assess. Let's take the time to reflect and pray. Holy Spirit, why am I overwhelmed? Holy Spirit, show me how to live. Give him time. Give him time to respond to these questions. Journal, write it out. What's going on? Might be very practical. Might reveal to you your calendar is a a train wreck. (laughs) And then, Holy Spirit, you know, in light of God being the most important part of my life, being Lord of every part of my life, Flowing from that, you know, integrate my my relationship with you, God, my vocation, my mission. And then and then to ask ourselves the question, Holy Spirit, if you're a teammate or a leader of a team, Holy Spirit, what can our team do to help me live a more integrated life? And I them. So these questions, we want you to take them to prayer and and really reflect on them. And then as the Lord speaks into each place, commit to the, to the small changes, the big changes that need to be made, the conversations that you need to have with other people, because it does impact others. So that's the mission challenge today. All right, Nick, thank you for the mission challenge. Let's, let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the leaders in the church, the leaders in our Catholic schools, the leaders in families. We pray in a special way that the Holy Spirit gives them clarity, helps them understand why they may be overwhelmed, helps them learn and see how they can live an integrated life. They can enhance the relationship with you, Lord, that they can have clarity in their vocation, clarity of their mission. Holy Spirit, help that every leader can have a breakthrough, have a breakthrough now in living a more integrated life. And for those times where they're just flat out busy and having to run hard for your purpose, help them suffer well, but also help them to recognize your will for them that it is truly your will that they live a fully integrated life. And finally, Lord, we ask that as teams, we ask that you bless them as they work together to see what your will is for them as a team so that they can accomplish your mission and they can truly support each other as family members and members of your body, your church on earth. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. That's it for episode eight. 
go and live a more integrated life.